<laughs> okay, do baby bird on that side. Do baby bird. Yeah. Okay, I gotta do it better. You're gross. You're gross. Hey everybody, I'm Jen. And I'm Alicia. And we're here to talk about strange and unusual shit. Jen and I like to talk about all things uh, spooky and scary and mysterious, true crime, conspiracies. <laughs> Did you see <laughs> If it's a spooky, a weird story, we'll talk about it. So hang out with us and enjoy some medium body banter. Uh, On today's episode, we're going to talk about conspiracy theories, music related. What did you do? Uh, Kurt Cobain. Okay, that's good. Because I took the one I was going to do and kind of ran with it and did a few very similar ones. So I just wanted to make sure you didn't... uh, (laughs) <laughs> overlap. I had a hard time with this one too. It was really sad. Yeah. I think I have my opinion on that whole situation. <laughs> oh yeah. Me too. Me too. And you know, it's like sometimes like I think I know where you're going. But sometimes it's like you feel bad shitting on another woman, you know, because yeah. she's like, yeah, poor other women. Good job. Um, but for real, this woman is a garbage dump. Yeah. Like, yeah. So yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to shit on other women, but I just, um, and then, you know, you can't blame her for, uh, you know, his downfalls. Yes. But it's like how much I hate like Bobby Brown. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm, it's yeah. like the a codependent codependency thing that's just like selfish and gratifying. Yeah. To and each person. Just, they antagonize each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he could have found a million other people to do that with. So it's not like yeah, yeah, she was such a hellraiser individual. Like even everybody hated Yoko Ono too for uh, yes. But you know, anyways. But that's what I'm going to talk about. <clears throat> do you have anything fun to talk to me about beforehand? Oh, coronavirus still. So we're yeah still recording separately and we're using zoom so the sound sounds like shit it's different i don't think it's the program's fault so much as maybe our mics and our setup agreed agreed but i also don't know how to fix it because i don't work at google and i you know i'm not a genius i know i look like one right now (laughs) yeah but you know what we're uh we're doing what we have to do 
with the whole coronavirus outbreak in our area. Yeah. I'm uh, really, really enjoying getting toasted like every day. Because now we have to, so my daughter is in um, gymnastics and soccer and we have like a mom's morning group and a mom's meetup thing and um I just can't do any of it because it's all canceled yeah school's canceled until the 31st and she's a tiny baby so she's not in school but that means like even Saray's my husband's offices are closed so he's working from home yeah so essentially you know I'm just running around and trying to keep a child entertained indoors because it's still too chilly to go outside but I also don't want to catch this fucking SARS ass coronavirus mad cow shit right so that's where I'm at yeah I worked from home well I mean we're recording this on the same day as the last one but I worked from home the last Thursday and Friday, but that was more because I started that new medicine. And so I'm purging up all the shit that was living in my lungs. So can you tell a difference? Like immediately you were able to tell a difference. Like I know you were hacking stuff up, but do you feel different? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't even know how to explain it. Like at first... I still feel like sore and swollen just because I've been coughing so much. And because you had um, that thing done, right? The- yeah, that did not help. That wrecked me for a while, that bronchoscopy. Um, but then, like, the day after I started taking this new medicine, I started just, like, coughing and bringing up so much crap that was just stuck in my lungs. And um, I could instantly feel like I could just take a deeper breath than I have been able to. Wow. And... Uh, but I still feel kind of like now I feel swollen. So like if I try to take a deep breath, I'll start coughing just like as a dry, like just irritated from having coughed so much. But I noticed today we went to go pick up lunch and I swallowed and my ears didn't like plug up like sinusy stuff that I was like, and stuff that I didn't even realize to where I was like, yeah. oh wait, that's different. <laughs> like you just get used to having something you know, wrong. (laughs) And then when it's right, it's different. You don't know that, yeah, you don't even know that it's supposed to be happening or not happening. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, (gasps) so it's weird. We'll see. I'm only on day four. Oh. (gasps) You know what? So, we didn't talk about this the other episode you know what I'm going to talk about yeah I do so Saray and I have spent the last six-ish years um trying to get pregnant and start our family and uh our first pregnancy um ended in miscarriage in the second trimester and it was horrific um and it was scary I was the scariest thing I had ever been through and um, I can say that I our healthcare system sucks a big old fat dick yeah sometimes 
Yeah, I know it would have made things worse, but I really wish you could have sued that hospital. Yeah, um, there is definitely a lack of care situation. Yeah. Um, I remember like at one time I was getting nauseous and I told the nurse that I was getting nauseous and she didn't realize having, I was having a miscarriage like at that moment, like, like the baby's head was, um, already like crowning. Um, and I, but I was like begging people to help me at this hospital and nobody would help me. And, um, so finally my husband drug me into behind the swing doors and like, they told him again to get out, but he was like, no, we're not, I'm not leaving. She needs help. She needs a bed. And, um, like some random person was like, just go in that room. And this nurse came in there and I was, she was like, what are you doing in here? And I was like, I'm, ha I'm, I think I'm having a miscarriage. I'm, I feel nauseous. And she goes, oh my God, like, just don't throw up in this room. Cause oh I don't want to clean up after you. It was uh, terrible. Yeah. So we've really been through some shit stuff. Um, and then we started doing IVF and uh, the first embryo didn't work. The second embryo was Elliot. And uh, that was, uh, we had her in 2017. Um, I got pregnant again randomly uh, at Elliot's first birthday I believe I was pregnant and um, we ended up miscarrying that baby at nine weeks um, and then most recently um, we decided to try our last embryo in IVF and uh, we got pregnant and it was amazing and exciting but um, you're never guaranteed anything in this life and um, I feel like I try to take joy like out of every moment that I have with Elliot and um, with pregnancies um, because I know that it's like not ever guaranteed to work out well. And unfortunately we did um, end up losing the baby, um, which is so fucked up. Cause like, why would it have even worked in the first place? And then, to go on to have a miscarriage it's so fucked up but um i just like i because i've been in this situation and we've been doing this for so long i just knew um not to count my chickens yeah and i knew that every moment was um precious that i felt pregnant and i got to spend with her so that's all i can do it was just yeah. like, be thankful for the time. And um, my doctors are asking if we want to go again. And I just don't think mentally or physically I want to go through that anymore. I'm really happy with our family, you know? Yeah, yeah. Elliot well, is like more than I could ever ask for. She's yeah. amazing. And I don't, you know, like when you watch people like on game shows and you're like, just quit while you're ahead, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, stop being so selfish. You're greedy. Like, you're going to lose everything. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel with this. Like, I, I feel like I got my prize. Mm -hmm. 
And, you know, because of like weird ethical, it's not even ethical. It's just like personal preference. I just couldn't not try for the last embryo. Yeah. Yeah. But there's no need to keep trying. Not for me. I mean, and not to, I don't want to make this sound callous, but we're not getting younger. Mm -mm. It won't Uh get easier. Mm -mm. No. No, uh uh-uh. No. You're absolutely right. And um, it's just so hard on my body. and, um, And I have to take shots, like a lot of shots. So I like not even just the IVF, like I have to do a progesterone shots throughout the pregnancy. So it's just really hard. And now I've been taking progesterone shots for like since December and they're fucking painful. And like, I don't, I don't think that I need to do this again. And I don't think I will. And, but if anybody has like any little babies that they just feel like giving me help, I'll take it. (laughs) Cause I love little babies, (laughs) but I am, but we're okay. Like, like we're sad, obviously it sucks, but, um, we've been through this before and, uh, we have such a great family already. The further that you get away from it, the better it becomes. Yeah, but it does. It just it doesn't make it easier. Hmm. No. Um. So, like you guys, I don't know. We're recording this, and there's video, but um, I used to have really pretty hair. Uh, unfortunately, whenever I go through some sort of trauma, I always like fuck my hair up. <laughs> so I have got never, I don't even like the color pink. <laughs> um, and now for some reason I have pink hair up to my ears. <laughs> and like not very long ago, I had hair almost to my ass and it was beautiful and luxurious <laughs> And then I was like, one day, just, you know, I just want to cut it because I want to look like Prince Sir Lancelot or Prince Valley. <laughs> my mom it's goes, really not that bad. my mom goes, ah, you look kind of like a little Dutch boy. <laughs> it's really not that bad. It's like a bowl cut. But it's, I mean, it's not above your ear, though. Uh, Jesus Christ. It'll grow up fast. It's, it is what it is. Like, it's just. just, Don't go, don't cut bangs for sure. So you just go through like this weird grieving process. And like, for me, I just feel like I need to like cut my hair or try something different. Yeah. Every time. Every time. I get that. And I just gotta, but then like, it's kind of like your snap out phase is like, you're like, oh my God, what the fuck did I do to my hair? Yeah. Yeah. And it kind of like wakes you up from the bullshit. So that's, so that's, I'm sorry. That was bad news. It sucks. I'm sorry. But that's life though. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It happened. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And if anybody has any IVF questions or um, infertility questions or um, you just need somebody to fucking scream at, like, feel free to reach out to me because it sucks and I know it sucks and I'm, uh, I'm a member of the team. Yeah. And I don't think it shouldn't be something that is hidden. I don't either. You know? I mean, I think that's stupid that for so long having issues with that was just hidden away and you don't realize how often stuff like that happens. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. And it, can you imagine though, or like our parents, the women had to deal with that shit and then go back to work. Like there wasn't grieving. There wasn't a time to grieve, but you couldn't talk to your friends about it. Right. Yeah. It was, there was a really bad stigma behind it for some reason. Like it's so out of everyone's control. You know, one every out of every four women has a miscarriage. So yeah. Um, I think a lot of women actually miscarry before they even know they're pregnant. Uh, they do. And most of the time it's related to like uh, some genetic issue with the embryo. Right. Right. Um, we did have ours tested, um, and one did come up ab abnormal. So like missing a chromosome, I think, um, sometimes those things like self-correct, uh, but I don't know why we lost our embryos. Like they're, uh, they were healthy and tested. So there's not really any reason. Um, and I can carry yeah. Or I did carry Elliot, so there's really no, it's like kind of unexplained. Um, but I really am not willing to go through another miscarriage. Yeah, I don't blame you. My uh, sister-in-law, Casey, it was like so cool and like such a scientist. And um, she's a science teacher. And I was in Wyoming and the girls are like talking about their periods and stuff. And the kids, the my niece and she's in college now but like the boyfriends are there and I was like oh my gosh TMI something and like one of the girls looks at me and she's like what like he doesn't know I have a period yeah <laughs> I love that it's so different now I love kids like we, when we were in high school if we would have said period you boys would have you cleared a 10-foot radius around you did you shave your pits today no I can tell <laughs> it's probably like I don't do it every day me either, but I freaking don't put my armpit in front of a camera either. <laughs> well, Jen, I'm going to talk about Kurt Cobain. Yeah. Is it my turn? I think so, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to tell you what. I'm citing uh, Britannica.com. Okay. Um, <laughs> Wikipedia Wired. I've got a, sorry, <clears throat> biography.com, and there's another site that I didn't know of, but it's called rationalwiki.com. Oh, what is that one? Oh, it's just like Wikipedia, but, hmm. but a different name. <laughs> um, so today I'm talking about the death of Kurt Cobain. Yeah. Um, uh, Kurt Cobain was born February 20th, 1967, uh, and died by suicide April 5th, 1994. Making Do you remember up. that? Mm -hmm. No. 
We were 13. Well, I was 13. Yeah, you were 13 too. Yep. Um, he was married to Courtney Love, front woman of Hull, uh, uh, father to daughter Frances Bean, uh, lead singer of Nirvana and guitarist. <clears throat> so Kirk Cobain was one of the most influential artists of the 21st century, I would say. He led Generation X with a depth and innate sadness. Um, his grungy music captured like the hopelessness and nostalgia um, in such a discernible and romantic way. Uh, his vision was so complex, but so relatable. Jen, fuck you, it's sad. <laughs> I was not. I'm <clears throat> not a huge Nirvana fan. I think they're slightly overrated. Okay, okay, okay. I get that. Um, I mean, you're wrong, but I get it. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm not taking away anything from what happened to him or how influential he was, but personal preference, not a big fan. <laughs> so I'll, I'll continue <laughs> with um, saying the absolute opposite of you. Um, one could say, uh, well, everybody but Jen could say that he, he was like a mascot to our generation, like a true icon um, with memorable and prolific performances, live performances that entranced us. Uh, I don't know if you caught the VH1. The unplugged? The, yeah. Um, the Where Did You Sleep Last Night? Uh, the Man Who Sold the World? The Come As You Are? Oh my God, Jen. Ah, I just watched it again the other night. It fucking killed me. <laughs> oh, drained me. I died and then I woke up and then I wrote this. Um, but... Their music made us all feel something, like I was saying before. Um, <clears throat> and in my opinion, um, it's something deeper than we as our like 13 year old selves knew we were capable of feeling. Um, everything felt like it hurt worse and it hurt deeper when you listen to his music. Uh, I remember when I was in high school, so this is like, I went to high school like 94. I think I was uh, turning 15 mm -hmm. that year, or maybe 95. Yeah, yeah 95. And uh, so I was turning 15. Um, I graduated, I think, in like 98. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so I was following these, you know, like not following them, but. I had my eyes on these like this grungy group of boys and oh god and it must have been right after a suicide I think I just started realizing that like um because back in the day I felt like I was unaware that I had had emotional issues um so I talk about my Zoloft now I have uh, a panic disorder um but I had started kind of realizing that my emotions were like a lot for me to handle. And I really didn't have anybody to talk to it about. Um, and my mom was like, 
exacerbating the situation at the time she was going through menopause and I'm going through puberty like right everything fucking sucks but um I really felt like I had no control back then and I was really angry um and I was so shy I don't know if you remember shy me ever but I was like so horrible shy um and I remember people used to always like like call me like the stoned hippie because I was like so shy that I didn't really talk and I kept my face like in front of my hair and I was like walking around. I would always like walk around like that and uh I didn't eat in public and I never spoke to like unless I really really thought about it several times and by then I'd like missed my opportunity to right talk. yeah yeah um <laughs> But, like, as far as, like, school and activities and, like, the other kids went, there really wasn't anything for me. Like, I didn't relate or, like, find my place. And um, I was friends with a girl, really, really, really good friends. And the the boys that we were talking about, she was good friends with them. Um, And she she was, like, my one and only friend. But she really got methamphetamines um, bad. I know at like 13 and her dad was like she started dating her parents dealers and it just like got out of control and I was so I was just like sad and mad and angry and then I was going into high school and I felt so fucking alone um so I like started getting into music and it was really like an emotional release for me um it was okay that I felt things and it was okay that I felt sad because I felt like I wasn't alone and being sad um so imagine the impact that the life and death of Kurt Cobain would have had on me right yeah poo poo away bitch (laughs) it's overrated well he kind of (laughs) is Well, you get it. Like, you can get why, like, 13-year-old me was, like, mortified and devastated. Yeah. Because, like, back then, I'm not, like, some musical connoisseur. I'm, like, you got to feel it out. You got to feel what feels right. And that felt like it was, like, talking to me. So I'm talking about music. And when we were that age... It was harder to find, you didn't get the exposure to music. No. Especially in Casper, like it was whatever was on MTV. Well, yeah, like for most kids, yeah. But uh, my brothers were like 11 years older than me. And uh, one of my brothers, uh, this is back in the time that like we were just switching over to CDs. Um, But my brother had like hundreds of tapes that he gave me. And it was like, what? And like one of, it was like Nirvana and Pantera and like, like Rage Against the Machine. And like, I was like 13 and I was like, poing, poing, poing. Like everything started lighting up for me. Yeah. You know, I, I had a similar thing because my brother lived with us for a year when I was in like fourth grade. Mm -hmm. And that was like, I mean, that was the time of like 
new kids and Debbie Gibson and Tiffany and all of that, right? Mm -hmm. And he got me into stuff like REM Mm -hmm. and They Might Be Giants and B-52s that, you know, like stuff that just was different than what the kids were listening to. And the radio station was playing. Yeah. Yeah. Thankfully, we had the... I feel like I really like blossomed when I started listening to music, like different music, like really into my own person. And um, it can do that. Um, so anyways, uh, imagine, okay. So imagine the impact that his life and death had on me. And then imagine how much I fucking despise Courtney Love. Yeah. 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 And I don't think it was her responsibility to save him. And I don't blame her for his drug use, but I think the codependent nature of substance abuse probably helped lead to a less than stable way of life for him. But a lot of people think that she played a hand in his death. I don't <coughs> totally disagree with that. <coughs> yeah, it was really interesting to read about it, actually. Um, and I'll I, say, I will say that in reading about it, her family and friends did think that she was capable of doing something oh, like this. Yeah, she seems more than capable of it. And I don't think she single-handedly did it, but I can see her hiring somebody to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I had a really hard time with this because it was so sad. And um, I didn't want to, like, make light of drug abuse. And, like, because I know we like to have a fun podcast. And um, I didn't want to, like, dog pile. Courtney Love. Right. Uh, there are not a lot of redeeming qualities about her. Yeah. Mm. She had a good win that movie um, with Woody Harrelson where he was the porn mag guy. What was that movie? Uh, uh. Yeah. When she I don't was know. like uh, that was when she first started like acting, acting, and she, and she up, and she was she seemed like she was doing really well at that point, and then it kind of all went back downhill from mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Um. So I'll talk to you a little bit about yeah, it did, and she's been in the news recently too because she claims that she's clean again. Um. Oh, really? Yeah. Um. Okay, so Kurt Cobain barricaded himself in his greenhouse on April 5th, 1994, and was found on the 8th of April. So, like, two and a half, three days later. um, That's so bad. uh, He was found with cigarettes, uh, sunglasses. There were, like, towels strewn about, and they think it was so that uh, that would make the cleanup less... um, he had his wallet nearby with his ID showing, and they think that that was help to help identify him because um, the, this is something I read but didn't write down. Um, they were only able to ID him through fingerprints. Oof. Um, Cobain did write a suicide note, and it was found in a nearby, like a planter in the greenhouse in the dirt, and he had stuck like a red ink pen through it to like hold its place in the soil. Mm-hmm. Which, I wonder why, like, why hide it, though? It, it was, like, open, but it was, like, stuck in the... 
but I, I'm going to get to a couple questions here in a second. Oh, yeah. um, so it's no secret that Cobain struggled with uh, the line that many artists toe between their working, capitalizing on their talents. Um, mm -hmm. He struggled with dep depression, um, fame, addiction. Uh, he struggled with his very public and very volatile marriage with Courtney Love. Um, he also suffered from chronic stomach pain, which is something I didn't know. Right, yeah. Um, but apparently much of his drug use was related uh, to a need to control the yeah. stomach pain. Self-medicating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in March of 94, Cobain was touring in Rome <clears throat> when he overdosed and went into a coma. Um, people, some people seem to think that this was uh, his first attempt at suicide. Um, a month later, Cobain was staying in a drug treatment facility in LA, and he actually ended up sneaking out and heading back to his uh, Seattle home, and that's when he committed suicide. Um, he was spiraling uh, for the few days and months, like maybe even a year leading up to his death. His uh, friends hadn't heard from him in days and started to suspect the worst. Um, Kurt Cobain was found two and a half days after his death. Uh, he was in the greenhouse above the garage and was found by an electrician who was installing security cameras. Kurt had an, an obscene amount of uh, volume and heroin in his system. Yeah. Which I feel like we're all aware of. We all knew that. Um, but did you know that he had been missing for six days? Like, the dude was just AWOL for six days. Yeah, I, d I mean, I don't remember that specifically. Yeah, I, I don't think I knew that. I think I just knew that he was not there. So, here's where I start asking questions. I'm sorry about the dog. Dudes, we got coronavirus. I can't... <laughs> I can't Can I sidebar on the coronavirus thing real quick. Yes. Corona beer. <laughs> and how people have are not drinking it because of the name is the dumbest fucking thing in the world. But then Corona is coming out with that seltzer. <gasps> oh, what <laughs> light has came out with some seltzer too? No. Okay, so Corona's coming out with a seltzer, a hard seltzer. But their um their slogan for it is coming ashore soon <laughs> which makes me want to buy it so bad oh so hard <laughs> i gotta support you know have you ever seen the videos of that um i don't think he's a mexican president or maybe he's an ex president or something like that but he like rails on trump so hard it's the oh. funniest thing ever <laughs> he like just came out with his own line of hats and he was like you gotta youtube the videos because it's like ben ben chin ben chin i don't know i'll look it up and i'll email it to you okay <laughs> hilarious this dude is like an expert troll nice good mm. someone has to be okay so let's go back to kurt missing for six days yeah what would you do if Josh was missing for six days? Panic. I panic. I mean, granted, I need medication for my brain chemistry. But if he's like an hour late, I'm like, do I start calling hospital? <laughs> mm -hmm. 
<laughs> yeah. And maybe they have that sort of relationship where maybe they didn't talk to each other every day. And yeah, um, yeah. But six days. Yeah, I know. But for two and a half of those days, he was in your house dead. Yeah. Ooh. And she wasn't in, she wasn't in the city, right? She was in LA. I don't know. I can't find anything out about that because, no. um, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I tried to figure out where she was at, but I couldn't, um, see anything on that. <clears throat> so, uh, there was no missing persons report. Um, but I am wondering like what actions were taken at this point. Um, who was the last person that saw him? Um, did anyone notice a missing gun? Like a giant, like a shotgun, a giant missing shotgun. Um, he was last seen in a bar at Capitol Hill in um, downtown Seattle. Who was with him? Uh, who was his dealer, dude? Yeah. <sighs> and I got this written down. Where the fuck was Courtney? <laughs> I think, I think in one of the documentaries that I watched, I think she was in LA. Well, he was in LA for treatment. Right. So when he jumped the wall, he was like, fuck you, Courtney. I'm like, because I think they were getting, he, I think he was getting ready to divorce her. I'm getting (laughs) into that. So according to Courtney, he had been wanting to leave Nirvana. I don't believe it. Yeah, I don't know. Um, in March of 94, his closest friends and man, band members uh, staged an intervention for him at a Seattle home. And um, no mention of Courtney being there. Yeah. Um, however, they did make it uh, an ultimatum. Um, he either stopped the drug abuse or the band was like going to be, it was the end of the band. So I can't imagine him like going through all of that. And then, like, going to treatment and then telling her he wanted to leave the band anyways. Like, why would he, he go to treatment then? Right. Unless he had an epiphany while he was in treatment that was just, like, I mean, he could have thought, if I'm in the band, I'm not going to get better. Yeah. But this is something that she said he had spoken about before. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So, to me, the, like, timeline of that doesn't make sense. Why would he agree to go to treatment? Unless he um, didn't want to get better for the band. Um, uh, So this is a super shitty part. Um, Six days before his suicide, Cobain uh, met with a friend of his. And this is like post the intervention. Um, And he goes to meet his friend who's actually responsible for staging the intervention. and he says that Cobain states that he's looking to purchase a gun. Yeah. Um, something to scare off trespassers from his home. Uh, his friend thought nothing of it, um, but this gun would be the one that Cobain used to kill himself. How bad would you feel being that guy? I probably would feel as bad as the guy that actually ended up shooting the, like even worse than the Brandon Lee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so his friend sells him the shotgun and this ammunition for $300. Um, it's stated that his friend said he found it odd that he was wanting it for trespassers. 
but knew he was leaving for treatment in the coming days. So we thought the timing of the purchase of the gun was really odd. Sure. So Cobain ends up going to this treatment facility um, and is there for just two days um, and ends up jumping a six foot tall wall, gets a flight back to Seattle and allegedly, allegedly spends his final days um, just kind of wandering around. Um, neighbors say that they see someone resembling Cobain in parks near his home and wearing a large coat that just seemed unseasonably warm and out of place for the time. Hmm. Okay. Uh, so he was also seen at a bar six days before his death, uh, like I mentioned. Um, and he is found by an electrician that was hired to install security cameras around the house. Ew, my hands taste like sanitizer. <laughs> um, so I guess the big questions are, <clears throat> this is the conspiracy. Uh-huh. Let's get into conspiracy theories. Jen, uh-huh. um, what was he doing in those four-ish days before he was found? Yeah. Uh, if he was planning on suicide, the, like they knew, like he owned several guns. The F would he choose a shotgun? The hardest one to kill yourself with. The hardest one. I I think like maybe Hemingway went like some maybe it was Hemingway um killed himself with a shotgun as well. But it's like really not that common. <clears throat> no. Um had anyone reported him missing, were his clothes like cleanish when he was found? I know there would be like blood and stuff on them, but uh, did it look as if he had been like gotten new clothes like recently within the day? Um, like, did they look like the clothes of somebody that had been sleeping outside and traveling? Um, or had he actually gone in the house and put new clothes on? Um, did he shower and maybe just nobody noticed? Right. Uh, he had sunglasses, a wallet, cigarettes, and supplies for a suicide note. Uh, where did he get that, like, single sheet of paper to write a suicide note? And where did he get a red pen? Right. Because like, from what I see from the pictures, the um, greenhouse space was, like, unused. Hmm. So to find, like, just an ink pen and just a piece of paper. Right doesn't make sense like he had to bring that from somewhere or like somebody else had to bring that from somewhere you know what I mean Mm -hmm. um so had he been in the house um did somebody uh know that he was home and they just aren't talking about it um he also had his drug paraphernalia with him so he would have had to get in the house to get that too right yeah Yeah, I wouldn't think unless had that just with him from traveling no, uh-uh. especially from a drug treatment facility. Yeah. Like, and why wasn't that gone? Like, right. if, he, if he knew he was leaving to go to a drug treatment facility, wouldn't you make sure that that was when you got home? You would think. So, <clears throat> in all the uh, fuck you to Courtney's that I want to give, she... <laughs> She actually hired a private investigator. Mm-hmm. 
You know that, right? Yep. Oh, it gets so juicy. <laughs> um, uh, days before his death and just after his disappearance. So this PI does believe that he was murdered. Um, but let's go a little bit back. So he's in the house and like this PI didn't find him. But like he's in the house and you guys can't find him. Well, he wasn't in the house. He was above the garage. He was above the garage. Yeah. I mean, and I imagine that like a place for um, reflection and suicide would be a place that somebody like might frequent, especially mm-hmm. it was in your home. So perhaps maybe he had been up there before and like contemplated. Um, I just don't get why. I, but I also don't have two homes like a lot of rich people I know. <laughs> Let's just clarify that I do not have two homes. <laughs> I have one home. <laughs> You say so. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so one of the most compelling points of interest are the suicide note that was left. Yeah. <clears throat> so you've heard about the suicide note, like. Yeah. And how it doesn't look like his handwriting. Yes. So, but I mean, but it does, but it also. Not the last part. Yes. It gets a little eh on the last part. There, there's an addendum. There is, yes, it's like R E R E P S P P P S. Um, the private investigator, the investigator hired by Love, his name was Tom Grant. Um, he was given a photocopy of the note, which was subsequently very widely circulated, like to media, and which is fucked up. Yeah, um, it is. But he believes that the note contains the writing of at least two different people. And uh, suggests that the writing was initially meant as a note to just Courtney and Francis, uh, one where Cobain is planning to leave them. He's talking about divorce, but the second half uh, is more suggestive as, of a suicide. And Grant believes that the second half doesn't match up to the first, right? And that somebody else wrote the second half. Um, Grant does send this note to be analyzed by several people. Uh, the results come in inconclusive. And uh, for Grant, he finds that a win. Like he's like, see, if it was Cobain, it would obvious be obvious. But it's, since, anyways, but uh, here, here also is maybe a little um, bit of an explanation. Uh, Cobain was using drugs. Right. So maybe his writing got a little bit different. Maybe his mindset changed from divorce to suicide. Yeah. Um, Side note, his band members absolutely believe that it was suicide. They do? Mm -hmm. Huh. Yes. It's Courtney Love and this PI that start fueling the rumors. Interesting. Very interesting. Um, so Grant is the the PI, remember? But this is where this story takes a fascinating turn. <laughs> She's so stupid. 
Courtney Love. Yeah. She's, I don't know if she's stupid. I apologize. That's so rude to say. Like, like I just want to demean her in some way, and that's the only thing that I could use. But she's a bad person. I think she probably is a bad person. <laughs> so, I mean, you can be stupid and not be a bad person. <laughs> True. So I apologize <laughs> for that. But also, I'm no one to judge anybody if that is stupid or bad because... Jen, look at my hair. <laughs> I, when I uh, was in my first semester of college, mm-hmm. I did like the full on Karen haircut. I had long front bangs and super short all over the back i did that all the i did that to uh casper i thought i was a shit yeah oh god it was terrible i don't look good with short hair like short short hair it doesn't fit my face Mm. no if it's like ruby rose or what's her name like those hot bitches yeah it doesn't fit my face Mm. i'm too round okay so this is where it gets fun with uh, the PI and Courtney Love. So after uh, Grant's investigations, who's the PI, he uh, starts to claim that in his opinion, Love found out that Cobain was going to divorce him and hired a hitman to murder him and cover it up. Die. Um, people say that the crimes, it's not, not really absurd. People do it all the time. Yeah. Especially like fucking psychotics like her. Yeah. And she had the money and sociopaths. Yes. Um, people say that the crime scene was staged and that even though police are involved in covering up the true identification of the shooter. Why though? Uh, I don't know. Uh, that part, I'm like, meh, I don't really know. Yeah. Uh, the claims are that Cobain um, would have cut her from as well and that the motivation would have been money. I mean, Cobain had expressed that he felt that she was obsessed with money and her band was just gaining um, notoriety at the time. So oddly or not oddly at all, uh, her album release, which was in 93, the year before his death, uh, would end up selling 1.6 million copies the next year yeah so i mean i think we can all safe it's safe to say that had this not happened maybe she wouldn't have had the platform she had yeah Yeah, yeah. maybe maybe she would yeah fucking doubt it nobody likes quirking love (laughs) um wasn't that bad though hole was okay yeah like Whole like recorded wasn't that bad. Whole live uh, sucked. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The chick could not perform no. ever in public or like, like I said, there wasn't any redeeming qualities about her. Yes. She's always been like a mess of a human, um, not somebody that I've ever looked up to. So after this investigation concludes, this Grant guy uh, fully believes in Courtney's involvement. At his 
platform and like so the investigator that she hired is like oh no that bitch did it yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> so he says that um the amount of heroin in Cobain's blood uh and uh the fact that he believes that Courtney finished the second half of the letter mm -hmm. uh leads to her involvement Mm. And there's our evidence that argues the official theory, theory of suicide, which would be like her involvement. Um, so many people suggest that the amount of heroin um, that he had used would render him incapable of holding a shotgun in his mouth and pulling the trigger. And um, I've seen this studied in other suicide cases, and um, I know that it's uh, pretty graphic, but I've I've, I've heard of people using their toes to pull uh -huh. the trigger because, yeah. have, I mean, have you ever shot a shotgun? Yeah, it's really far back. It's really far back. Like you have, to, you would have to use like yeah, you the very, very tippy of your thumb. Yeah. Um, and he was probably my height um, and probably my bill. Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe even less with that, like the drug use. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He was on the heroin diet. Yeah, so uh, like I know that I would have a hard time. Yeah, if I even if I was like about four drinks in, holding a gun like that and shooting it. Yeah. Um. But uh, he didn't use his toes. His shoes were on. Um. I don't see cocking a gun like that and shooting it in that sort of state. Yeah, I mean, I guess he wasn't. I mean, the only thing that I can think is that he was such a drug user that his tolerance would have been yeah, a lot more than a normal person, but... But it's so, like, even for a drug user, if you're using to feel a certain way, and, yes. and even drinking, like, you're going to feel a certain way, and, like, it's so counterintuitive. Like, yes. if you're pulling a trigger like this, wouldn't it be so weird to have to, like, finagle like this with it yeah like you're really gonna have to work yeah. everything but. would be backwards with the way you'd have to do a shotgun everything would be backwards mm -hmm. and yeah so i don't know i don't that's just my i shot shotguns so i think it just sounds unreasonable myself but yeah, yeah. also i'm not i wasn't there so um but cobain uh cobain <laughs> Kabuki? Kabuki Cobain's lawyer contacts this private investigator um, and he let him know that Cobain had uh, just just like days before previously um, contact her, contacted her with plans of uh, divorcing Oof. And excluding her from the will. I know, kidding. Um, and remember that previous suicide attempt? Uh, many people say that it wasn't an actual attempt, including the doctor responsible for treating him in Rome. Um, the doctor even agrees that this is a rumor perpetuated by love. Stoking facts that he was in fact suicidal. Okay. So, I am 
two seconds from finish, but um, circumstantial evidence that I find interesting. <clears throat> uh, there was absence of fingerprints from the gun, suicide oh. note, and pen. Okay. Uh, one of Cobain's credit cards was used between his death and the discovery of the body. Wait, really? Mm-hmm. But could she have used it, though? Could Courtney have had it? Because, like, I mean, Josh and I will, he has, like, he has my target card right now. You know, I mean, like, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. 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 Mm, why did Cobain use that gun? Yeah. Um, because uh, Cobain had a number of other guns in his home. Um, why did he have so many guns? I mean, it was, it was like, it was like before all of the school, yeah. all of the shootings started happening, and um, it's Washington, and uh, I don't know. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with owning guns. I think that uh, there are wrong people that own guns and I yeah, yeah, think yeah. that there are wrong guns to own. Oh, right. I, I mean, evidently, if you're um, you know, having um, a behavior that would suggest suicide, maybe don't... Don't have guns? Right. Yeah. But anyways, that's my story about Kurt Cobain, and I'm sticking to it. Signing out from San Francisco. I think she had something to do with it. Fucking bitch killed him. (laughs) No, I'm kidding, Courtney. Please don't sue me. It was a joke. (laughs) Chit chat with me. Okay. So my music conspiracies are something that I didn't know was a thing until it popped up on like, kind of like the Voynich manuscript. Like, yeah. I didn't know it was a thing until I saw it pop up on a Pinterest feed. I did. You did? I had never heard of this. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, apparently, and I, um, my sources were Wikipedia, Rolling Stone, and um, Music Magpie. So, apparently, there is a conspiracy that Paul McCartney mm-hmm. is not Paul McCartney. Mm-hmm. And that the, the conspiracy theory is called Paul is Dead. Mm-hmm. And it says that Paul McCartney died of the Beatles. Do I have to say this? Paul McCartney of the Beatles, which I believe is another highly overrated band. Oh, Jim. <laughs> I mean, so By I the mean, way. yes. I mean, yes. However, like, you can't fucking knock people that are responsible for bringing music to the masses. Yeah, like, no, yeah. I'm not. I'm not knocking their influence, but I think musically they are overrated. They changed so many lives. Yes. My mom I has, like, it. original Beatles albums. Nice. Those are probably worth a lot of money. Probably. Um... So this conspiracy says that Paul McCartney died in November 9th of 1966 in a car crash that he was decapitated. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and that he was replaced by a lookalike named either William Campbell or Billy Shears. I've heard the Billy Shears. I don't think I've yeah, heard Yeah, I think Campbell. that's the more popular of the two names, but for some reason there's two aliases of this guy. What's up with your microphone, dude? I don't know. I keep hitting it. Uh, so the rumor started in 1967, mm-hmm. um, it, but then it kind of blew up in 1969 because it started being uh, reported on college campuses in America. Mm-hmm. So the theory says that the band went along with the lookalike replacement, but then got tired of trying to cover up for it and that they hid clues that Paul McCartney really was dead in some of their stuff. Yeah. Um, Obs. Obs, dude. Yeah, yeah. So this is actually a very similar way that the rumor got started about the one I talked about last week on Mel's Hole. A A mysterious caller called into a radio show and told the DJ to put on the Beatles' White Album and spin the number nine number nine from revolution nine backwards when he did it the dj said that he heard the words turn me on dead man and then they also say that at the end of the song strawberry fields forever john says i buried paul so try to say that backwards i uh turn me on dead man is the one that they say you can spin backwards yeah, but saying that backwards is still like. Have you ever tried to do it? No. And I, being not a huge Beatles fan, I don't really know a lot of their. I know the like radio hits. I don't know their albums really. Wouldn't it be um, like Run to Mon? Nam day no M Nurt. Yeah. Honestly, like, have you ever tried to do it? It doesn't fucking make sense. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, they say that Paul McCartney was officially officially pronounced dead, or OPD, which is why on this Sgt. Pepper cover album, Paul wears a patch that says OPD. But really, oh, it's really, they got the patch from, like, Canada, so it's Ontario PD or something like that. Um. Uh, on the cover of Abbey Road oh, is the one Christ. where they're all four walking across the crosswalk. Yeah. Paul's barefoot and out of step with the others. And he's holding a cigarette in his right hand, even though he was a lefty. Yeah, but it could have been for the photos, right? Like, I know. I know. But they're they're saying, and they're saying that like one of them was wearing black as if he were a pallbearer or a funeral director, and the other one's wearing white as if he were a angel okay and Paul's so, barefoot because corpses are barefoot so i don't like totally disagree with the conspiracy theory of this happening i do uh-huh. however feel like reading into all this bullshit is yeah. like too like, much they're not going to tell you like secretly with like with this right bullshit. yes i can see where a band that was as big as the beatles were if something were to happen to one of them especially paul yeah that they would could if they could try to cover it up i can see that happening yeah um they also say that on the cover of abbey road there's a volkswagen 
in the shot and the license plate is 28IF, which they're saying that that's how old Paul would have been if he were still alive. Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) And then people also say that there's a height difference and that facial scars prove the lookalike had plastic surgery. But I guess Paul McCartney actually was in a motorcycle accident where he kind of got beat up a little bit and did have scars from, like, bashing his face. Yeah. Okay. So that was Paul McCartney. And then, believe it or not, there's a very similar conspiracy theory about Avril Lavigne. I've heard it. Like, I get the Paul McCartney, I get the Beatles, why... If the singer was dead, you wouldn't maybe want to let the public know, but Avril Lavigne. <laughs> I know. <laughs> if she dies, she dies. You don't need to replace like, it. Like she, like yeah. she's not influential. <laughs> Posthumously hasn't been like super crazy active. So it's true. So her story is that after the release of her, for her album in 2002, she was struggling with the fame and she wasn't comfortable in the limelight, which I totally understand, especially mm-hmm. young. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to fill her like celebrity status and pose with her paparazzi and whatever, they hired a body double that looked like her mm-hmm. that was named Melissa. And supposedly there's even uh, some sort of publicity shot with Levine where she has the name Melissa written on her hand for who knows why, whatever. Um, To remember her doubles name? (laughs) Or as the double saying, this is my real name? I don't know. And then it says... uh, So at the... So this was like the peak of her career, I guess. I don't... No, I I think we're too old for her music. A little bit, but also yeah. she married the Nickelback dude, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. After she married the Sum 41 dude. Yeah, I like that <laughs> dude way better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so at the so at the height of her career, her grandfather died in 2003 and then apparently supposedly she didn't handle that well and then she committed suicide um but rather than um just admitting what happened the record company decided to use her stand-in and have her take the place of avril lavigne makes sense Uh uh-huh totally totally worth Mm. it so they're saying that this um the new girl, Melissa, went on to record a song called Under My Skin, which people are saying is because she's not the real Avril, so her real person is under her skin. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> like, but are they any weirder than me, like, believing in aliens and lizard people? I... No. Yes. no it's just it's celebrity though you know what i mean like it doesn't it's not as uh as much consequence and it doesn't it just doesn't logically make like aliens but to me anyway but so they're saying that there's all these pictures out there of how avril lupin's face changed over the years that they're using as proof 
And I'm like, she was a kid when she started. Of course her face has changed. Um, okay, so that was the end of Avril Lavigne. And so when I was looking at these things, I found a rabbit hole of musical conspiracies, right? Mm-hmm. And here's one that I found interesting just based on stuff that we talk about was that Debbie Harry actually thinks she was almost abducted by Ted Bundy. I know. I just read that recently, like looking <laughs> shit up. I do not think she's crazy. I don't know. There I were don't so know. many women that were like almost abducted by some dude with like a fake cast. Yeah. So she says that, um, she was trying to get a cab in New York in the early morning and she couldn't get a cab and a off- uh, stranger stopped and offered her a ride, but she realized she wasn't going to get a cab. She accepted the ride. And when she got into the car, something seemed off, um, but the door didn't have an interior handle. So I don't think I, I'm like on the, I don't maybe don't think it was Ted Bundy friends. Right. But it, it definitely could have been someone trying to just abduct a woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, not in the room um, cussing, by the way. Okay. She said the inside of the car had been stripped and the windows were rolled up except for a crack. She managed to get her arm out of the window to be able to open herself out, open the car door and fling herself out. Um, she said that she didn't, you know, she didn't realize who it was or whatever until she saw a news report about Ted Bundy. Um, and so, and then she realized that that's who it was. But apparently, Bundy was never active in New York. Um, and the car that he was known for driving, the Volkswagen, didn't match the one that she was picked up in. And that the timeline is a little too early for him. Um, but it sounds like she was potentially almost abducted by someone, but maybe that it wasn't Bundy. Yeah, but isn't there a movie about a dude that does exactly that same thing? I mean, I can't imagine it would be a um, rare thing for a way for a guy to try to abduct somebody. Mm-mm. I mean, even the, even now, the people pull up and pick up women that are waiting for Ubers or Lyfts or whatever. Yeah, imagine being that dude, like, in a rainstorm in New York. Yeah. You're like, yeah. You need to read? Okay, so two more. Just real quick ones. No, no, no. Don't be quick. No, they really are. I have two sentences. So when I was finding all of these things, there's one that there's a conspiracy theory that Katy Perry is an adult Jean Benet. Oh, I was just reading about that because I didn't know (laughs) that was a thing. I didn't either until I found this. And I mean, it just, the ages don't even work out. Like, she's older than John Bonet would have been. Yeah. Yeah, but, she's and I mean, they don't look, than... they look similar, but not, I mean, it's. She's, she's probably much older than everybody gives her credit for. Yeah. So how, how old is she? I have no idea. I, I bet she's telling people she's like 37, 38, and I bet you she's like 42. Uh, I mean, it would be pretty easy to prove when someone was born. You could find a certificate, but, but yeah, so that's the, and then here, my first personal favorite that I found was that there's a conspiracy 
theory that Justin Bieber is actually a lizard person. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Apparently there's some video where he blinks his eyes weird and people are like, nope, only a lizard blinks their eyes like that. <laughs> okay, let's uh, play uh, Truth or Beaner, dude. Yep, Truth or Bean. Oh, you okay. might have to cut like a, quite a bit out of this one. Yeah, that's fine. Um, okay. Do you have any irrational fears? Hmm. Yes. I do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I suffer from panic disorder. So a lot of my fears are um, like one day I'll just like have like the impending doom fear. Yeah. Which I don't think is that irrational because I also have panic disorder. So, um, but I also uh, fucking hate wasps. Like, oh, they scare the shit out of me. Um, flying. I feel like yeah. when I fly, I like, um, yeah, because I just feel like ultimately it's a terrible idea. Um, <laughs> and also uh, death. Like, I think about that all the time. I don't think that one's irrational. I think so many people have that. That's not irrational anymore. Okay. But I have... You know what mine is? What? That someone will break into my house while I'm sleeping. I've started having that one, too. I actually pulled my... um. Have you pulled your uh, garage door opener out of your car? We do. Oh, yeah, yeah. We don't keep it in there. But, Yeah. And you we keep don't keep your, you keep your car keys by your bedside table. I do, uh-huh. and I check the locks on our door like every time I walk by them. Me too. And um, like maybe two weeks ago, it was really handy that I had the car keys by that bedside table because I just read something about it. Because mm-hmm. um, there were kids in the neighborhood breaking stuff, Ugh. and I like did the thing, but this, but these kids were like stealing from everybody and they were uh, assassinated yeah all of their heads got chopped off good bastards <laughs> decided to uh retribution was the way to go no i'm kidding but they were arrested like black way well, good they shouldn't be breaking into shit but it was because of the boop boop on yeah. my good yeah, I've read that if you keep your things and something happens and you set that off because then people are going to wake up and it causes, brings attention to your house that people wouldn't want. Mm-hmm. I think it's very smart. Dude, I'm like three wines in. I'm realizing that I may be inappropriate. <laughs> Uh, hey, dude. So uh, thanks for listening. Yeah. Uh, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Find us everywhere. It's mediumbody.com. Yep. Love you guys. Yep. Bye. Bye.